today we have a really cool topic of discussion, selling with generosity. Yes. Now, this is really powerful. So let's get into it. Michael, tell us a little bit about your background. No problem. Look, my Kinchy Candles is an amazing story. Uh, I'm 52 years old and uh, five aging, years ago. Aging beautifully. Aging well. And five years ago, my 14-year-old son came to me and said, uh, I think I'm going to start a candle business, Dad. And, uh, yeah, he had already shown himself to be a pretty capable young fella and uh, had been reading all sorts of fantastic books from pretty much when he turned 12, you know, fantastic books from Tony Robbins and Phil Knight, you know, from Nike, Blake Mykoski, uh from Tom Shoes and uh, also Thank You. I think it's Daniel Flynn. So pretty amazing at that hungry young age. Hungry for knowledge. Really hungry, hungry for, knowledge. for knowledge. What's his name, Michael? His name is Liam. Liam. And Hello, Liam, if you're listening. I'm sure he will listen. Yes. You are important. Uh, he is important and uh, we'll tell his story, but at the moment he is uh, on a scholarship in Princeton uh, since uh, September last year and most people will know how hard they are to come by. It gives you a bit of an idea how he's evolved. Uh, but, uh, Chip yeah, off Kenshi, the old block, Michael, is he? Look, or is look, he more I, like mum? What's the deal? Uh, I certainly take some of the credit uh, from his uh, practical side and his uh, social responsibility side. I've been involved in transaction-based giving and charities and what we now call social enterprise for really 15 to 20 years. It's been my number one business passion. I just think you know, so much of what we do in the world is crazy. We get caught up with stuff that just doesn't matter. There's there's tremendous waste and all that sort of stuff. And I, I just think so many of the world's social challenges can be solved by the money we already spend on on products and services. So that's that's really my massive bent in business and on the world. And, and that's where I get really passionate. The more you give, the more you receive. I totally believe that. I totally believe, and I've found it over the years, I just love being generous and it just keeps coming back and you live your life on a much higher level because you're just connecting with people in a, a more real way more often. Mm. That Taking it back to Liam's story, starting at 12, hungry for knowledge, wanted to learn, a little bit of uh, the magic dust has rubbed off on, in terms of wanting to make a difference to the world and yes. Kenchi Candles is born. Out of a home right. home office yes. garage. Yes, that's right. Uh, and his first, uh, well, it did take him three months. I mean, without going into too much detail, you could imagine, you know, you want to create, and he wanted to create the perfect candle. And at 14, he's pretty, uh, got a pretty idealistic view of things. And he went out on YouTube hours and hours and searched all the people around the world giving their secrets away on how to make the perfect candle. And then he spent probably an equal amount of time on Alibaba sourcing all the products from all around the world. And again, this is before he's turned 15. I It's just five years ago. I remember all the products turning up on the front door. There was jars, waxes, wicks, labels, boxes, all sorts of things that it took him a good three months to, to get ready to actually make a candle. And, and then again, by then he turned 15, he... He's already set up the website and the financial side and invoicing and Instagram and all the social media. He, he did it all. Like it's, I, it was astonishing, really. 
the genesis of the idea that you talk about the perfect candle, Michael, like there yes. was a social enterprise behind that, wasn't yes. it? So it wasn't just producing and, and manufacturing candles. There's a really no. strong cause behind the mission of the business. Yeah, fantastic. Now, his idea from the start was it would be a social enterprise. And he uh, his initial when he started was when you jumped onto the website, you would choose one of six charities that you wanted the profit to go to. Uh, and also for the listeners, a social enterprise, the accepted definition is where the business exists for a social cause to, to solve a social challenge. And you commit to donating a minimum 50% of your profit. And that's what Liam knew that, understood that, and he loved that idea that he could still make some money because that's the great thing about social enterprise is that it's for profit. And he could then also be very generously and uh, helping many charities and importantly, making it easy for people to help those charities by the money they were already spending on gifts. So that was his idea from day one. He set that up. He used Shopify. Uh, he found the plugins that he needed so that you could literally choose the, um, the charities that you wanted to support. And in those early days, it was uh, $10 net donation out of every candle sold. And that money now goes to specifically to food bank. So not, not the six charities, it goes specifically to food bank. That's right. As the business evolved around oh, two years ago now, after helping you know over 50 charities, uh, it evolved to the point where we just wanted the message to be simpler. And we're now doing a much more retail and it had to be a, a simple, strong message. And we'd already had a lot to do with food. Uh, I'd had a lot to do with food for 15, 20 years and the craziness of the fact that in Australia we produce enough food for 75 million people and yet we still have a major hunger problem uh, with disadvantaged people in the country. And so we saw that is the, the most impactful way that we could go out and make a huge difference and have a story that resonated with, with the majority of people. And it's topical at the moment because there's pressure on these um, social enterprises like Food Bank to to get more food because yes. of the pressures, the financial pressures on cost of living is increasing, sailing yep. into a recession. So this this becomes even more important. And of course, we're in summer now, but in winter, obviously, it changes again, doesn't it? Um, yeah, so the, the pressure's always there. The pressure's there, and and food. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of other social challenges that are much more difficult to um, solve. Yeah, whether you talk about housing uh, and all sorts of other things, but but with food, you know, we live in a, a lucky country. You know, uh, it's plentiful, and you want to give your neighbour food. You want to, you know, friends and family. It's about food, and and we should be able to live in a country where no matter who you are, where you're at, there is plenty of food uh, for everyone. And then we worry about solving more difficult challenges. Mm. Uh, and that's our view. So we yeah. just think, you know, the organisations like Food Bank, uh, we don't need any more. You know, th there's a lot of great organisations out there. Food Bank is the biggest. Food Bank is the charity that 
all the other food charities go to to get a lot of their food or all of their food. So it's the most practical way to distribute to every type of disadvantaged person in the in society that you can think of. So much waste when it comes to food as well, Michael, isn't there? So amazing how much food we throw out. Yes. You know, like no yeah. one really should be going hungry, 25 million people. No, no. one should be hungry, but it's no. uh, it's a harsh reality for many, many families. Yeah, it is. And it, it does go right to the heart of our community, you know, the Australian community that we want, we should be all desperate to know that there's people that aren't going hungry. It's not, if we were just living in Bendigo and it was 100,000 people there and that was the total of Australia, then you can get your head around, oh, well, we can feed all those people. But at 25 or 27 million, it's the same. You know, we, we can get this done. There's just a gap that needs to be breached. Uh, you know, we're, 85% of it is actually getting handled. We've just got to get this final part and, uh, and business is the best way to do it because, you know, government's got no more to give. The philanthropists are out there doing great stuff and we need this whole world of, of social enterprise to grow and take advantage of the trillions of dollars that flow around in our economy and have a greater percentage going back to, to these types of things. It's really pretty simple. Spread the love. Share the yep. love. Yep. Let's talk about the magic the magic in the sales process, yes. Michael, yes. The, the secret sauce, so to speak. So you're a copy, very successful salesperson in your own right. I want to link that between, obviously, we have a, a way of selling that I really believe in, which is selling like you are fighting for a cause, which is the deep-seated belief that you have in your product, your service, how you're helping people. Yes. You, you found the benefits of of getting behind Kenshi and getting behind your son's business, the way that operates, and then linking that to the way that you're selling in business. So I'd like to unpack that a little bit. For sure. Look, before Kenshi, you know, I had a office supplies company for 20 years and it was called Make a Difference Office Supplies. And we had um, a great way of our customers would earn giving points and then they would choose which charities they wanted to support out of their giving points. And then the charities would get all this value in giving points and they would get a whole lot of free product. Uh, and I did that in that business for the same reasons that I've done it uh, now with the photocopiers and printers is I look at what I need to do to feel great about what I'm doing, like to feel mm -hmm. super passionate. <laughs> I, I build it from the ground up. Passion. I just, you know, life, we all know life is too short and there's no guarantees and most of us still get, you know, a little bit too caught up in the small stuff sometime, although I try very hard not to, trying so hard to keep it real. And, yeah, I reverse engineered when I moved into the photocopier and printer game. I created a Make a Difference program and we donate back around one-third of the commissions to fund enormous volumes of food. And that took what is really a commodity these days, photocopiers and printers. You know, they're all pretty good. The brands are good. You know, the service varies, but, but that took it into a whole new realm. You know, I've never seen myself as selling photocopiers and printers. I'm really out there to, mm. to feed as many people as I possibly can. And I just use the money that people already spend on in that area of their business to do it. 
So it's a whole different conversation. I mean, I've partnered with a, a fantastic company, what I truly believe is the best uh, photocopier company in the country. They've got 250 five-star Google reviews. They provide amazing service, amazing value. They've got great brands. So no, give to, it, who are they? Give them a plug, please. I'll give them a quick plug. That's Digital Document Solutions. Digital Document Solutions. There you go. Yes, Lots of and, reviews. That's a good sign. Oh, it's a very good sign. And everyone loves to hate their photocopier. So to get 250-odd <laughs> five-star reviews, and I might add none less than I, five stars. And I didn't think photocopier still existed, to be honest. No, I know. I know. So you've uh, me there. It's aging. It's aging. It is. But it is. It's, it's more about document management. But... That, well, taking it back company, a little bit, Michael, just taking it yes. back a little bit. So yep. you aligned that concept of fighting for a cause to selling copiers by yes. having a point system that would encourage customers to then uh, buy more and then donate to their selected charity. Not quite. Not As quite. A, the, the point system was with the office suppliers. And when I moved to the photocopiers and printers, we just turned it straight into funding huge amounts of pasta. And okay, so gotcha. each proposal would would be uh, specific in the exact amount of food that it would uh, that it would fund. And at the end of every month, we go and buy that pasta from a fantastic company called Bond Food, and then we donate that primarily to food bank, but also to Fair Share, Second Bite, Oz Harvest, Vinnie's, Solon Seeker mm. Resource Centre. So it's real. I, you know, I'm always just searching for realness. I'm desperate for stuff to be real and so just donating the money does not cut it for me man search for meaning yeah must have meaning and it would be a part of my advice to anyone out there you know searching for uh to create real passion in their sales team and their sales processes you can't just donate money it just doesn't work we're not built that Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. you've got to get involved you've got to go and understand the cause that you're supporting and really put the resources of your business towards solving problems they've got. You know, get behind it and be full on and get your, obviously your sales team connected to it and then unlock that passion. And that's all I've done. You know, I just think food, it's so bloody ridiculous that there's not enough of it. And I've tied that to a boring business expense, photocopiers, and pretty much broken all the rules. You know, broken all the sales, uh, all the sales goals and everything. And and I spend most of my time speaking to companies about how they can bring more giving into their business. Brilliant. How smashing goals? Number one. I love working with number one. Yes. There's always a number one. Yes. In every business, you know, where are they? Who are they? What do they look like? What are they doing differently? So yep. why, why, why does it work for you? It works for me because it's real, because I am so genuinely passionate. And the other key part is I know I'm being... Can we break that down being... a little bit, Michael, yep. though? Yep. Like that realness. No. So, so how is that translating to improving relationships, I guess? Yep. Is it, or is it a disarming quality or... Is it showing the customer a different side of you that connects with them, with the person? Yes. It's, it's all those things. The key part for me to unlock this certainty that I'm providing amazing value to the client is I know I am being generous. I am being as generous as I possibly can be with our giving 
And then I know with my absolute heart and soul that I am uh, helping this customer feed the most possible people. And what the, the given part is that they're getting great value, great machine, great service. That's like, that's a little bit of a discussion at the end, but it gotcha. does. Gotcha. It's just. It becomes the, the secondary It's sale. secondary. It's wow. secondary. It just. Fascinating. You know, the, I see the other, um, you know, there's, there's 10 other guys that work at DDS in sales. They're good people. They're nice people, but they're photocopier salesmen. They're selling product and service. And my argument is if you're hello, selling Hello product, to them if they're listening. <laughs> We're not. Yes. Well, look, I hope they <laughs> do. I said I'm, they're, they're good average. people. They're average. They're, but they're average because they don't have the passion. <laughs> they don't. The generosity. And I think many industries have the same challenge. Their salespeople are going out and selling by product and service. And mm. my statement about that is that that should be a given. The fact that you've got great products, great service, great everything, that's nearly the easy part. It's how do you go above and beyond? Uh, go the extra mile. We call that, yeah, that, I just cannot agree with you more on this stuff. Yep. I don't want to encourage, I don't want to really influence the listeners on this stuff, but <laughs> this stuff is the boom gospel. It is. Generosity, it's- reciprocity, backstretching. That's a really powerful mindset and way of operating. Yep. We talk a lot about at boom the investor mindset, like being an investor, which means contribution, generosity, giving more than you receive, being known as somebody who contributes instead of extracting. Yes. That investor mindset, Michael, that yes. is, let's break that down a little bit. What does that yep. look like for you? Look, I think even to, we've got to have a term for it, you know, investor mindset, but you've got to absolutely believe it and live it. And it means that you're doing everything you possibly can to add value to the client. And like I said before, you've got to very quickly move away from your core product and service. I mean, you want to always do everything you can in your core product and service to be outstanding, but then you've got to go further. And that's where you want to spend the time because that's when this, that there's a great word outstanding because outstanding means that you're obviously head and shoulders, you're standing out from your competition and the rewards are very disproportionate up there. You get your head up in most industries, you've only got to be one reason why, one more reason to your competitors to why they someone would go with you or where someone's gut feel is, oh, I just think I can trust this person, which is, as you know, how most people make decisions. And that's where this investor mindset that's what that unlocks is the gut feel of people thinking, I reckon I can trust this person. I think they're going to do what they've promised to do. That's the real secret in all of this by being genuinely focused on trying to do everything you can to add value to the client. They feel it because we're social animals. You listen to Simon Sinek, who's, who's pretty awesome, and we just feel it. We just know that, this person's the real deal. Trust equals risk, though, doesn't it? There's always an element of risk when you're trusting somebody. Look, so when you're coming from a place of generosity, you're saying that that helps to alleviate that, gives people yes. a stronger sense of who you are, your character. Yes. Can I trust this person? 
because I'm getting three quotes. I'm getting three yes. proposals. They're all pretty similar, similar price. Who do I trust? But we naturally yes. sell to and buy from people we like or share a likeness with. So that's where the values come in. Yes. So we're saying, I have really strong values. Here they are. Here are my beliefs. Here's yes. what I believe in. I only sell what I believe in. And, yes. I, and I'm only is... going to sell this to you if I believe it will help you. I'm not going to sell it to you if I don't believe it will help you. Therefore, I'm in control. And that's a big part of selling is controlling your own process. I find that salespeople are too quick just to sell anything because they want to get paid. That's where yes. the lack of trust across the board comes in. Yes. When you think about stereotypical salespeople, just, you know, flogging a dead horse, yep. a slithering snake oil salesman, they'll sell you anything to get paid. And sometimes yep. that is a reality, Michael, because they want to put food on their own table. Absolutely. They've got to sell Absolutely. stuff. So you can't yep. begrudge them that. And I find that's where the deception can come in or we look at different industries that are specifically, you know, maybe categorized as unethical. Yes. You know, it's not the industry is unethical. It's just certain uh, operators in that industry operate like that. And it's usually the first place when that line gets crossed is usually because people are desperate mm-hmm. or yep, uneducated just- uh, or sometimes they are dodgy. That, let's be honest. Some people are naturally yeah. just dis- dishonest. But also the, the candles though, like what are the candles doing? That the right. When you're saying that a business will sell more when they introduce the candles to their product line. Yes. Not to sell the product line, but to introduce no. the cause alongside what they're doing. So can That's you explain right. how that works? Yeah. All right. Thank- Good question. So as you were just saying about salespeople being out there and you know wanting to build trust and talking about their product and service, they need extra practical tools that are outside of their product and service, as I said. And what we've stumbled on, thanks to Liam as a 14-year-old and me just being a good dad and giving out candles here and there and telling them about my son's business, I, I wish I had have actually gone about this with a little bit more um, uh, you know, certainty and realised what I was doing. We literally stumbled on this thing that when you go and tell the story, an inspirational story about, in this case, a young person who wanted to go out, make the world a better place. And then within a year, got introduced to refugees from Myanmar uh, that have now, for the last four years, made the candles here in Melbourne. And we've now made over 50,000 candles. So that added to the story because Liam couldn't keep up with the demand and he was going into year 10 and he had to find a way to keep uh, making candles. He was employing friends and all that sort of thing. So that got added to the story. And then when we uh, made the, the impact simpler and more, uh, more powerful with funding food then, and, in, and having partners like Food Bank and others, then obviously that's another critical part of the story. So when you share that in the sales environment that we're partnering um, you know, with this fantastic social enterprise and we're funding enormous amounts of food, um, you know, our our customers are behind this and you know the candle is quite unique if you try and think of a similar product that has an emotional element to it mm-hmm. that nearly every house has candles the obviously the vast majority of women love candles but don't leave the blokes behind too much because there's there's a more than 50% of blokes love a candle 
and it's the um so that's there's the emotional side of candles just by themselves that often it's the symbol of relaxation it's it's you know hang on a sec michael it's the symbol i cannot help that the image image that i have when you're sharing that is showing the customer a different side of you yes you know your real side when you talk about being human and us you know humanizing you are important yes it's showing people who you really are Yes. Because what I often see as a customer, I see the salesperson. Yes. I see the forked tongue. Yep. I see someone who just wants to sell and get paid. Yep. I see you, ah, avatar. <laughs> get the tails yep. out. Get the tails oh, out. I know. It's a bit creepy. Um, I see you yes. for who you really are. And that, if it's genuine, it shines through because you mentioned earlier we instinctively. Instinctively, yes. our animal instincts kick in. We can smell a shonkster a mile off. We, we, yes, it's very easy to activate fear if you're coming from the wrong place when you're talking to people. We can sense yep. something's not right. Um, people have different sensitivity levels, I know that, but mm. that's really interesting. So, show showing the customer who you really are that, you know, that, is, that is the your answer. values. Yes, that, that is the answer. That's what the candles enable you to do. Is it and in me, obviously, you know, Lean's my son, but it doesn't matter if he wasn't. In some ways, it would be easier if it wasn't because people think, oh, he's your son, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. But he, uh, it, it just makes it so much easier to be genuine, real, passionate. And, you know, I love a lot of Tony Robbins stuff and he talks about the great man, the, the six human needs and contribution. Growth and contribution, the last two, we've got to contribute. We're, we're designed as human beings to live in communities and go and support each other. And that that's instinctive as well. So this is a way where everyone can get involved. Everyone can buy. It's not do we buy candles. It's do you buy gifts because the candles make a great gift. It's better than, than a bottle of wine. It's better than Ooh. chocolates. It's, Oh, because people don't know what wine they drink and all those sorts of challenges. Universal uh, language of generosity. Yes. When do you ever knock back somebody who's coming from a place of generosity? Yes. That's a really potent, potent way of operating, I think. So yep. are you generous? How generous are you? Great question. Mm. What are you doing over and above? That, that's, yep. that's the question for everyone who's listening. To think, How generous what are, are we you doing? Because <laughs> this this is um, it's like forced compliance uh, in a what they call a risk reversal guarantee. Mind you, everyone should have a very very strong risk reversal guarantee. Uh, probably no time to talk about that today. But as part of that, when your salespeople are going out and they know they're being generous, can you imagine that boost that that gives them? When they know that they're adding Ooh. way extra value above and beyond their competitors, can you imagine the certainty that that starts to create in their Michael, mind? Michael, Michael, stop there. Stop. <laughs> stop it. What the I'm hell are you, you talking about? I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yes. When you have that, yeah. when you come from a place of generosity, a lot of uh, one client that, boom client, we, I won't go into detail, we don't have time. 
But yes. we got the salespeople to we printed big giant checks, you know, like yes. the checks, the charity checks. Yep, yep. And we got them to walk in for their proposal presentation with the big check. Because the whole concept was we're putting money back into your business. You know, yes. and how long should that check signed to you sit on your desk? You know, it won't sit on the desk long. You'll bank it pretty quickly, I would have thought. Back in the days yeah. when we had checks, of course. So yes. That just that intent of walking into a business yep. with genuine value to give that person that a tangible, give yes. salespeople a whole nother dimension to their confidence levels. Yes. And their willingness and to, to push and their belief in what they're selling. Yeah. Hallelujah. Is, I'll get off my soapbox. No, it's bloody good. The other thing that to help you know the listeners be more generous is that they've got to know their lifetime value of a customer. You've got to know it because when you know the lifetime value of a customer, then you can go back and say, well, how much can I invest to win one of those? And then of course, you've just got to know your numbers. So that gets back into general sales speak, but you that's all in this conversation that's taken for granted. You've got to know your numbers. You got to know, how much it's costing you to generate leads, what percentage of leads you're closing. Uh, but you'll find when you know your lifetime value that it blows the numbers through the roof, not only in the conversion, but in gross profit in nearly all industries. I sell more than anyone and my margin is literally about 30% higher than anyone else's. When people instinctively feel, their gut feel is that, you know, they like you, that you're giving generously uh, in your business. It's around 55% of people will uh, go out of their way to buy from you again or refer business to you, which we all know word of mouth and referrals is is the holy grail. It's It, it goes to so many levels of them uh wanting to help you in return because they've seen that you're you're showing your true self as we talked about before we've been genuine genuine and generous and they want to reciprocate which is you know what we love the reciprocity reciprocity in action that's interesting because yes. when you look at the uh the customer's willingness to buy again yes you know uh and the short term focus a lot of salespeople have on just that initial transaction, thinking that is the primary sale. Yes. So the primary sale is not the first sale. It's the second, it's the third, it's the fourth, it's the referral. Yes. You know, it's the rule of three in action. So if you are focused on that first sale and you, you are looking to extract as much value as you can on the first sale, you're often limiting yourself in terms of the ongoing relationship. And I just see this time and time again with people that I hire, they're so desperate to get paid. They're yes. so it's, it's a transactional. They don't follow up to see if you're happy. Yep. They don't even yep. ask for referral, yes. you know, because they don't even show any care or interest in if you are happy first. Yes. So there's no yes. scope to ask for referral. So yes. it's just this really short, um, sighted way of operating. And the best yes. operators that I work with are all about the second cell, the third cell, the fourth cell. You know, how yes. do you build that relationship? You've got to be investing at the front end. You know, so in yes. some ways, losing the battle to win the war. Totally. The headline here is, if you're focused on selling, then you're going to lose. You're going to be average at best. If you're we don't like average. salespeople, 
We yes. don't like if it. If your salespeople are just wanting to close deals and get sales, uh, then they are never going to be a top performer. And well, well, as importantly, they're never really going to enjoy their job that much. You know, the little bit of dopamine we get when we make a sale, okay, that's fine. But it, the holy grail is going out there, as we know, and absolutely loving what you do. You just got to love it. And so what business owners and sales managers and salespeople need to do is, is reverse engineer and say, what do I need to be able to offer so I could just go out and with so much certainty and passion and love my job? Because what happens then, I, I have built myself this amazing job description. Running Kenchi, our message attracts great people, just really good people that want to make the world a better place and they're generous people and they, and they love what we're doing and my day's filled with positive energy. You know, I, I struggle to find a bad person because yes. they're, they're just not attracted to our message. And I'm attracted to it. Like yep. a bee to a honeypot. <laughs> uh, as soon as I heard about Kenshi Metsu, I was in. Uh, hence getting you on the podcast and yes. getting behind what we're doing at Ausdare uh, with the amazing team at Ausdare. Yes. Okay, so there's something here. There's something here. I'm in a business. I could be customer service. I could be sales. I could be account managing. I could be consulting. Yep. It is a paycheck. So I am doing this to get paid. So if I flip that, I'm going to say, well, your first job as a salesperson to is, are you making the world a better place? Is what you're selling or serving making the world a better place in the way that you can? And if the answer is yes. no, then you know that's a pretty big red flag. <laughs> you yes, know that, that's you right. Know, because you're I, not going to be there long. I've got no passion. I don't really care about what I'm doing. I don't care about my customers. It's a paycheck. That is danger. That is the harsh reality for for many people, Michael. It is. And they the world's changing, that. you know, great. I'm very grateful. The world's changing very fast. It's sort of catching up to where I've been for ages. You know, we just, more and more people, a greater percentage are demanding that businesses prove to them what they're doing in the community to make our world more just and equitable. Mm. And that's a fantastic trend. That should make us all feel really good. You know, this, and it's not just the younger generation, it's us 50 year olds as well. Uh, you know, we're all thinking, wow, this is bullshit. COVID was bullshit. You know, we've got to, we've got to be more real. We've got to, we, we want to live our lives. You know, we don't, we, we want other people, we don't want other people suffering that are living, you know, close to us. Well, um, how, anywhere uh, in the world. well, COVID was tough in Victoria. We know that. Hello to our yes. friend Daniel Andrews. Uh, how yes. he's still, how he got voted back in, I'll never know, Michael, but... Well, that's, that's this... a great conversation for another podcast because it, the fact he did shows you the challenges that we've got, you know, just with people wanting to be protected and um, I don't, I'm not smart enough to work it out, but, you know, he got voted mm. back in. That's the reality. But Stockholm uh, Syndrome. Could at, be. At its, at its worst. Yes. But he's doing his job in the best way he knows how. Unfortunately, jeez, uh, yep. it's where we have to we have to be very very astute in how we choose yes. our leaders wisely because we can see if we get get it wrong uh, yep. and we get in the wrong situation. Whew, wow, 
Yeah. That's a perfect storm of dysfunction. No. Uh, we won't get into politics today, but uh, there's a little knife being thrown. Uh, that humanising the sales process is the magic dust. Showing people who you really are. I'm really big on that, Michael. Showing people yes. who you really are. And if you've got some quirk, bring it. You've got some serious quirk. Um, yep. Jacob's got some serious quirk. Um, yes. Your right-hand man. That's yeah, that's sort of being yourself, being 100% yourself. Uh, and I think that's really potent. The well, if I can interrupt, so reciprocity what, though. I want to dig into that. Yeah, go for it. Sure. I just want to just want to stress that what the sales managers and managing directors and even the salespeople that just got to go and say, what do I need to do? What, what do we need to change? How can we add and look outside products and service uh, and contribution? Who can we help? That's the shared value that we're accessing. You know, in old sales speak, um, you know, Tom Hopkins and Zig Ziglar yes, and these guys, old, Brian Tracer, yes, Brian another. Tracy. Hello, uh, Tom and Brian. If they're still going. but you They're know, going. Great, they're still going. I think. Great for their time. Yes, and, true. Um, uh, but now, you know, it's all about uh, being more real and, and adding value outside of the core product so that's what they've got to go and do and then it's very disproportionate the rewards that's that's the other key message just sit on that for a bit my dear old mentor big kev used to say if you can't get excited about what you sell get excited about how you sell it so that sort of links in you have yep. to be genuinely aroused yep. by what yep. you are doing day to day. If there's, it's not exciting, what the hell is going on? You've got to find a way to make it exciting. Yes. And if it's not going to happen, you have to go elsewhere and look for it. Start yep. your own business you yep. know, or find somebody. Take a pay cut and go and work for a company that you, know, you believe is doing great things you know, and yep. watch the passion flow. But I think yes. the seduction is with the money, is we're yes. chasing money. We must get paid. We must have the 2.2 kids and the white picket fence and everything else and that goes with that. So we we must get a mortgage. That's a trap. So there's lots of different traps that we fall into, which mean we don't often chase our passion. I think that's really interesting that we've got, you've been able to align your passion with Kenshi. Obviously, it's your son's um, brainchild. But yes. then you've realized that, hey, there's some real magic in generosity and reciprocity. That when yes. I'd really turn that on and introduce that with my, I guess my main business. Yes. That what that activates is the magic dust that builds trust. It shows people who I really am. Uh, it helps me win more business and it helps me build deeper relationships. So it's pretty cool. So how would a, let's say that I don't, I'm not aligned with Kenshi. I've just, I'm selling, um, I'm working for a company and uh, they're probably not going to do the Kenshi thing or that's going to yep. take time. Yes. What can I start to do now if I'm selling to activate, to sprinkle the magic dust, the generosity through? Yep. doesn't matter what I'm selling. I really want to anchor this somehow and start using it. What's, a, what's some of your tips or tricks yep. or techniques? No. Great question. So you've got to tie what you sell into a specific benefit for a social cause. Uh, something that is very appealing to you, but also as appealing to the majority of the public out there so that it takes away from you just selling your product and service. 
you've got to have something more and the shared value is contribution is helping others we all want to do that we all want to help people that are doing it tough usually through absolutely no fault of their own so tie that to your product and your offering and you'll find that the more generous you are and this is what we touched on before but be very generous in what you donate which is all i've done out of the photocopiers is donate enormous amounts of food we're up to 160 tons of pasta and rice that we have purchased how many and plates donated how many plates mark come on 160 tons is a is 320,000 meals wow it's, it's uh it's a lot and that's amazing it is it, it's huge volumes it's pallets and pallets you know a, a pallet is half a ton uh, of the spiral spaghetti, or if you really want to know, the uh, the long spaghetti is 960 kilos on a ton, uh, on a pallet, I should say. So, and, um, and of course, pasta because of it, it's um, it's longevity. Yes, it's the number one in demand food item from all food charities, and that's we why we good, chose it. Geez, I'm getting hungry thinking about pasta. Yes, and uh, rice is a close second, but uh, but the answer to your question oh, is actually Michael. Michael. Yes. Yes. 360,000 plates? Yes. I'm thinking of a young family, maybe a single parent, who's getting up, getting her kids to school, nothing in the cupboard. Yep. That is heartbreaking. It is. Imagine That is heartbreaking. And it's often, it's the third week of the month. It's heartbreaking for the parent. Yep. It's devastating all round. And that's why I can get so passionate about it because people should have enough food and then they've got to tackle their other problems. And it's just the most fundamental thing. So it doesn't, I, I, think, I, I gave one example that there's many different variations of that, isn't there? Yes. That, that, that oh, scenario, many, many, but that, that is heartbreaking from the parent, yes. the kids, Look, the harsh reality is it'll probably serve the kids well one day. <laughs> Do you know no, what I mean? No, because no, it's, I a totally good, get that. it's character building that challenge, but it's so unfair and there's extreme levels of that. Yes. So I think that's a real. Um, and those, those people a, out there that, that know the Tony Robbins story, that was one of the main things that touched him as a 12, 13 year old when people came to the door and gave him some food. And, and yeah, that and that him shaped his whole worldview. Yeah, shaped yeah. his whole. You will never forget somebody who helps you in a time of need. Yes, I think you'll never forget that. And I think um, what Kenshi is doing, donating profits to feed people that can't feed themselves, is just an amazing cause. Uh, when you, you shared some of the stats in the presentation, I can't remember them offhand. Last week when I saw your presentation, I was gobs, gobs, yes. gobsmacked the amount of. Um, Homes that are um, not capable of putting food on their own table. So it's yes. a fantastic cause, but there is a lot to learn from, I guess, the process itself, the investor mindset, the generosity, the reciprocity, the coming from a place of contribution um, yes. and being able to find a way to make, to bring that to life in your own business, in your own way, yep. is yep. really potent. And it might give you an, another level of belief and, and, passion about what you're doing because ultimately you're attaching a really positive cause look the cause should be your customers we know that mm. but there's another cause here as well so you're getting a really a double a two-pronged uh, cause effect which i think is really potent well 
but I wouldn't even separate the two in that way because the cause is the customer. We want the customer to feel great when they choose to deal with it. We want them to be excited about what they're creating by making that decision. So it's still about the customer. You know, with photocopiers, typically we'll fund about 300 kilograms of pasta with one photocopier. And they know that. Plates? And plates? How many plates? Uh, 600, 600 plates. <laughs> I put Michael up on the plates. It's 300, 600. Oh, it's double, okay. double the kilos. So, 600 plates. So yeah, that's that, cool. That's cool. It is about the customer. We want the customer. If we, everything I ever do is actually completely focused on oh. the customer and making them feel great, helping them with their business, adding value in any which way I can. Well, it's a lead by example, Michael, as well. You're role yep. modeling aspect to any any business you've got to have role models that are blazing the way and another reason the the candles are a uh, a great success in helping grow sales is when i often will give 30 40 50 candles with a photocopy of sale and they will take those candles and give them to their employees and their clients so they're, that's adding massive value to that client because they're i'm helping them build stronger relationships with the people that really influence, you know, how well their business does. You are the ultimate uh, back scratcher, which yep. is the reciprocity sort of anchor, yep. back, scratching backs. Because yep. I do have a, I've got a boot full of Kenshi candles he gave me. Yes. And I'll be handing them out left, right and centre. And that's it, one of your techniques, mm. one of your tangible ways of demonstrating reciprocity and generosity is you give a lot of candles away, which are, cost they're at a small they're at a cost to you but that's part of your the front end of your process isn't it is that you give a lot of candles away so you're investing you're activating that investor mindset by giving the can a lot of candles away and that feeds the front the front end of your sales process is that is that a correct sort of way of interpreting definitely yeah we the candles because the story is so genuine real inspirational passionate uh, the candles are the best salespeople. That people get open that candle. You know, it's got life changing on the candle. They read about the story, and all of a sudden, you're connected to that person at a much deeper level. So when I'm doing photocopies and when I'm doing photocopies and I love being mad. I, I love being outrageously generous. But get outrageous. But, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. There's, Back it there, up! All right. Outrageously generous. It's hang it's on a the, sec. We got to use that somehow. You should use it. I don't depend. Righto. Outrageously generous. Yes. Seriously, what a way to de- describe someone. You've got to yep. meet Michael. He is outrageously generous with his yep. time, with his value, with what he does. You've got to meet this guy from Kenchi Candles. He is outrageously generous, and you will thank me for introducing you. Yep, that is a flaming referral. Yes, that, outrageously that very generous. Good to me. I won't <laughs> let a courier driver. When I, we get stuff delivered to home all the time. I won't let a courier driver go without giving him a candle or her. And I can tell you, I've made so many people's day. I said, "Look, I've just got something for you." Even the Uber drivers. I give the yep. Uber driver. I'm using Ubers all the time to move things around. And I always give them a candle, and yeah. it just blows them away. Okay, so we can um, think and about it creates 
raving fans. We can think about as a business owner, what are you giving away that's going to activate outrageous generosity? So yep. something to think about. It could be a Kenshi candle. Hopefully it is because we want to give you a bit of a plug in a sec. It sure. could be something else. That's the uh, rule of three, like something, you know, gifting. And you've got to be careful with that sort of stuff, I guess, in the corporate world, gifting. But it doesn't have to cost you anything either. No. Do you know no, what I mean? Like it's to, the concept so behind it is, yeah. you know, I've got two of my dear clients today, very, very dear clients, both have their birthday, birthdays today. I made sure I rang them as soon as I got up. Yep. Not a text, phone call. So yes. it doesn't always have to be a tangible cost-based thing. No, no, no. But I love the concept of you always, because you love the brand, you live the brand, you're, you're sort of living and breathing Kenshi, you take it everywhere you go and you're always, in a way, promoting, but you're giving at What's the same it? time. You're giving something that's actually genuinely valuable. No one's going to say no to a candle. Um, no. Every candle's profit goes towards um, plates on tables via the food bank. So yep. it's a, just a beautiful link, beautiful link. Um, I, I think that's a really great takeaway for people is that what is that? What are you yes. doing in your own business to activate reciprocity at the front end? Yes. And it at, has the, back, to be at, at the, the back end as well. The back end, absolutely. But the front end, any lead or um, opportunity, you've got to be able to demonstrate your generosity up front because you're wanting to influence that person. You're wanting to show the person who you really are and make sure you're, you're a really generous person. Well, there is also the flip side of that. Never trust a Greek bearing gifts. Very, very, oh, a no, very inappropriate always, quote. No, I would suggest. There's but always, always if, flip sides. But, but we're hang on a sec, Michael, Michael, yes. can I say that is always aligned to values. So yes. where you're coming from, your intent, yes. if you're coming from yep. the right place, you do believe and, and it's genuine, then yes. of course, that's when you activate generosity, not when it's deceptive and you're doing it to get no. something in exchange. I think that's the, that's the, Actually, um, I'll, I'll the, give you a rule of thumb here, the rule. which I've used with the generosity, when you, whatever you're giving away, it's three to four times, uh, whatever you're giving away, you have to think. If I gave away a quarter of that, would I still get the same result as far as influencing people? And that I've worked on that so that we got roughly give away three to four times what we could if we were just wanting to, um, you know, have a marketing benefit and and not be genuine. So it's just an aside for people to think about because it's the question: How much do I give away? Mm. And and also, we've got to be careful with this message of generosity. It's all in the context of what goes around comes around. And we're not just being generous for the sake of being generous. This comes to another term that if, if people are listening and you've got a pen, uh, write down shared value. Uh, even Harvard Business School shared value. And this is a, a growing movement of over 10 years now where it's such an important improvement on corporate social responsibility and it's where companies genuinely take on a social challenge. They use all their resources to try and help that social challenge, but they 100% are expecting a return on, their in, on what they invest in both time and money. They take it out to the world, they share it with the world and 
then they sell more product, which then enables them to be more generous, which then enables them to sell more product. So it's it's well and truly proven now that this is the best way to go out to the world. And, and that's what we've just been talking about over the last hour is shared value. Michael, come on. I've been banging on about this for 10 years. Forget Harvard. Yes. It's never well, about the sell. It's yes. never about the sell because people love to buy, but they hate being sold. It's yes. always about aligning values and adding value or sharing value, you know, because people uh, hate being sold, but they love it when you share with them. You know, and we know as parents, when we see our kids sharing, yes, unprovoked, I'm doing a good job. I agree. I agree. The, the challenge here is for the, you know, the managing directors and general managers to, to not see what we might call what we're talking about as being generous as an expense. It's got to be seen as an investment and then you then design the sales process and the training and everything to make sure that the salespeople are invested and then they take that out to the world because there's a lot of generous companies out there with what we would call corporate social responsibility where the customers and prospects don't even know what they're out there doing in the world. It's not connected. There's two <laughs> yes. separate things. Siloed. It's siloed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because sir. And then and when the business starts to struggle, they cut it. They cut it. Yep. So it's tokenistic. Uh, it's tokenistic. It's designed for a purpose, not necessarily aligned yes. with values. Totally That's agree. Right. Uh, we yes. have to give you a big plug now. Yes. Mr. Kenshi. So where do we find more? Uh, how do we get behind the cause? Two really important questions. We want to make sure our listeners are pointed in that direction. Yes. yes. So find more. Uh, obviously, website is there. We do a lot of online sales, but we're very excited about new partnerships that we've formed in the last uh, nine months. One of them is with Independent Hardware Group. So Mitre 10, Home Hardware, Thrifty Link. We're now in over uh, 50 stores, and I think by June we'll get up to about 150 to 200 of those hardware stores. And you think you don't go to a hardware sale to buy a candle, but that shows the power of what we're doing. Because go, the, go to buy um, a snag on bread, to be honest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But they, you know, they love the story. You know, they've been fantastic to deal with. Uh, you know, we're talking to people like Harvey Norman and Australia Post, but that still hasn't happened yet. We've had tremendous support from RACV. They're just a, a fantastic organisation. Uh, Commonwealth Bank have been fantastic. You know, we're now approved with the uh, their staff gifts and they've already funded over four tonnes, all right, 8,000 meals. Um, uh, 8,000, yes, Bank good. Yeah, good, Michael. So meals, meals, way. meals. It's all about meals. So the candles really, I can't think of a better corporate gift, whether you're giving to employees, clients or prospects. Uh, they, uh, they hit the mark. People love reading the story. It reflects on you and your brand. And we love doing corporate orders. Uh, you know, obviously it's paying the wages of the refugees here in Melbourne. And I've literally having to hold them back. We could double our workforce if we, as we, you know, grow the sales. And we didn't touch on that earlier, Michael, which is the, uh, the uh, hiring of the refugees from the Chin community. Yes. To manufacture the candles. So that's something that, um, I think it's a really important part of the story as well. So it's a genuine social enterprise. Yes. Doing yeah, great it, things. 
Um, yeah. And of course, our friends at Ausdare. Yes. Uh, we will talk about the Boom Passion Candle yes, coming good. soon. I talked to my daughter Sky about helping to choose the fragrance. Right. And she's very excited about that. So there's 24 different fragrances we can choose from. What does passion smell like? Ooh, passion. <laughs> can you say passion, Michael? Passion. Passion. Passion candle. Uh, yeah. You've got to sort of twist your lips and hips yes. a little bit when you're saying it. But um, love, and I'm going to get you on again at some point down the track because we've got an exciting initiative we're working together on. So we want to bring people on that journey. Uh, yes. How do we actually find Kenchi Candles though? Where Are you on the socials, websites? Yes, yes. And a few more ways for people to help us. Uh, we've got a fantastic model where um, places like medical centres, childcare centres, anywhere where there's a waiting room, dentists can actually display Kenchi Candles. In We've got a fantastic, colourful uh, cardboard display stand. I'm just getting and, the wind up. I'm getting the wind up here, Michael. But we didn't touch on yes. the aromatics. How yes. smell influences bio behavior, and smell in, uh, in arousal influences. So yes. the ca- candles have a distinct smell. Yes, when people smell a pleasant fragrance, it's the scent. The smell sense is by far our most powerful, and it's the only. Uh, scent that goes straight to our emotional part of our brain. So it just brings back memories and it influences people in a positive way when it's obviously a a nice fragrance. So, yeah, in any sort of retail environment and I want to talk about medical centres, that sort of thing, uh, you walk in and it smells nice and your anxiety uh, reduces. They do it in hospitals. They do it in lots of places. That's handy, particularly the highly Uh, strong like us. Um, yes. So, kenchicandles.com.au. They can yes. find everything they need to know about the Kenchi story. You're on Instagram, Facebook, um, all the yes. socials as well. There's some really, really wonderful insights here, Michael. So, I cannot thank you enough for your time. Let's think about the passion candle so we can um, we can really bring that to life. That's that's Looking pretty forward cool. To making that for you, and uh, we're doing a few other uh, companies as well at the moment, which is very exciting. So. Yeah, many ways to uh, make a difference. You are an absolute star. Thanks for your time, Michael.